How's it, everyone? Welcome to Discuss Shane. I'm your host, Shane. And if you love sports, know about sports, don't have a clue about sports, or even want to know a thing or two about sports, this is the podcast for you. Okay, so yesterday, the... Wait, it wasn't even yesterday. Um... So, two days ago, the Michigan State Spartans played against the UCLA Bruins for March Madness, I believe. Yes, in the NCAA tournament in the first four, right? In their in their section, you know, in their bracket. So the result ended up with the UCLA Bruins beating the Spartans by six points in an overtime win. 86 to 60. But no one, no, I'm pretty sure no one knew about the score. No one really cared. The biggest story of that game was between head coach Tom Izzo and one of his players, Gabe Brown. So they had a, in short summary, basically, at the end of the quarter or at the end of the half, because they go by two halves in college, at the end of the half, Gabe Brown and coach Tom Izzo got into an altercation on the court. Now, the buzzer went off. UCLA, one of the UCLA, play, UCLA players made a buzzer beater, right? Which led to Gabe Brown and another teammate getting into, I guess, uh, I wouldn't say an altercation, but they just had a mis, miscommunication and then they got frustrated at each other, throwing up their hands like, like, bro, what you doing? Like, did you see this guy? What are you doing? Like, this is your guy or this is your guy. Kind of just throwing, you know, the blame around, you know. And so as they're walking off the court into their tunnel, Brown was actually yelling at Coach Izzo about a defensive mistake that either Izzo caused himself. That Izzo, it, either Izzo, you know, he he um, strategized himself or that the player didn't execute. And they got into a little yelling altercation and... Brown started yelling at Izzo, like I said. He started yelling at Izzo about it. And then Coach Izzo, he grabbed the player's arm and told him something. Something like, I don't know what he said. But he grabbed his arm and told him something. Brown then ripped away his arm and started off into the tunnel. As if, you know, picture that. Someone's grabbing your arm and you kind of just rip away your arm and start like running, I guess. Or stomping away if you want to do it like that. So Izzo was, gra- but then Izzo was grabbing at the back of his jersey while Brown while Brown took off. So Izzo tried to you know grab his jersey, Tom. So what I saw from that, I didn't obviously you can't hear any of them because there's commentators, there's you know uh, just a bunch of sounds. You can't really hear players or coaches talking. So what I got from that is that you know they had a, a little yelling. Just imagine, imagine. A parent with his kid, right? Say if they're at, you know, at the house, they're in the living room. The mom or dad yells at the kid. The kid yells back at the parent or whatever. Or the parent, or it can even be the kid just yelling at the parent, right? And the parent yelling, like, getting, grabbing the, the kid's arm and saying, Hey, what'd you say? Blah, 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 blah. Like, you don't talk back to me and stuff like that. And, and then, you know, as the kid is feeling the 
his arm being his or her arm being grabbed. They storm off into the room, shut the door. Basically, it was something like that. Now, the casual person, right? The casual fan, someone who doesn't watch basketball, someone who doesn't watch sports, uh, someone who doesn't even just you know pay attention to any of that. The casual person would look at the sit at the situation and think, Coach Izzo is totally and fully in the wrong for grabbing his player. You should never be physically, you know, harming your player, etc., etc. But you're just you're just a casual at that point. You're really a casual. You know, you don't know what's happening. You don't know the context, the circumstances, the background, the history of what Tom Izzo is. Now, I'm not saying Tom Izzo is a a coach that you know just likes to physically harm his players or physically you know interact with his players, but. Izzo, Coach Izzo has been in altercations like this in the past. As recent as 2019, right? Back in 2019, around almost the same date, I believe, Izzo was yelling at one of his players. One of his players, and one of the players was Aaron Henry. I don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if you guys knew, knew about this. It was kind of big news at that time, but he was basically yelling at his player right next to the logo at midcourt during halftime, right? Same thing, kind of same thing that's happening right now. But instead of just going to the tunnel, they stayed at um, stayed on the court and just huddled around. It's kind of some, just something like that, you know. But the yelling also continued, right? It continued while they were huddled up, so they weren't just yelling. You know, they just weren't yelling at each other. Or Izzo wasn't just yelling at his player Henry at mid court. It also continued while they were in the huddle, and it even got. He did it to the point where players, fellow teammates, had to hold Izzo back from getting too close to him, you know? Because Izzo, he was getting up, trying to like, get in his face, all that type of stuff. Now, like I said, from the casual fan or a bystander's eye, Tom Izzo should be reprimanded, punished, or even, quote-unquote, canceled. We all know about this word, canceled. It's been... It's been drilled into our heads through media, through social media, through, you know, just regular people. Because of this, you know, this generation, this is the woke generation. Everything, yes, our, we have socially progressed throughout the years with different things, different, you know, equality things happening. Socially, we have progressed, you know. But we've also gone a little soft, you know, a little sensitive and you not only see that in society, but you've also seen that in basketball games. You've seen players get, you see, not in the, it's not just players, but you also seen it from referees too, you know? You've seen players complain about the, the smallest fouls. And yes, I'm a LeBron fan through and through. Cannot tell me nothing. I think LeBron, in my, I've never seen Michael Jordan play, so in my eyes, I think LeBron is the greatest player of all time, right? But when you watch LeBron play, he kind of does tend to, you know, if, like, someone, like, flicks him on the shoulder, that's a foul. Or someone just, you know, taps him on the on the ankle, that's a foul. You know, something like that. Or if, he, if LeBron got kissed on the forehead, you know, if, like, Giannis decided to kiss LeBron on the forehead, that's a foul. Just stuff like that, you know. And not, not it's not just the players, like I mentioned. It's the refs, too. Refs, you we all know about refs. I mentioned this earlier in a podcast with... Uh, in the Booth Warmers podcast about how refs have been 
so much softer and got so much more sensitive to, you know, just players that are, I don't want to say complaining, but are just ranting, you know, because they believe they haven't gone foul. They believe they didn't foul. And refs, they take it personally, which they shouldn't. Refs should be objective. They shouldn't be taking their feelings. They shouldn't be, you know, they should leave all that to the side. Your objective as a ref is to call a game fairly and not um, objectively. Your objective in the game is to be objective. It's not to be subjective. You're not supposed to, you know, put your own personal feelings, your own personal, personal thoughts into the game. You have to ref as if... You know, essentially, you're a robot. You know, that's how that's kind of, that's kind of how it is. Don't we don't want to get into the politics of it? Like, oh, you're basically telling the ref, you know, shut up and dribble. But you're but the job of a ref is to just, you know, to ref the game. It's to call it fairly on both sides, not to win, you know, personal feelings or anything like that. So. That's what the that's how society and sports are right now. But if you played basketball before or any sport for a school or any level, you know, for any level, high school, college, shoot. I don't know if any professional athletes out there are listening to this, but shoot. If you are, why don't you share it to your teammates, you know, your fans? It'll be, it'll be deeply appreciated. So if you played any sport, if you're an athlete and you played any sport for any any school, any organization, any team, you know how coaches get. Come on now. They get in your face. That's how it is. They get in your face. They try to test you. They try to test your will, your your willingness to take, you know. They test your toughness, your humility, and like I said, your willingness to receive criticism, whether it be during a game or practice. You know, and the players who respond well to the criticism or the yelling, those are the players who become great. Now, I, I can personally testify to this. In high school, I played not basketball, but I played volleyball. And I was one of the, I believe I was, I, don't, I think I was a senior or a junior. And I've been playing for a minute. I played for since freshman year. And hey, I'm not one of the, I would. I'm not saying I was one of the greatest, but I wasn't one of the worst, you know. But as you know, when you're in high school and you know, you're just trying to have fun, you're trying to chill with your homies, you're trying to have a good time, you know, and you also got school, you know, schoolwork to focus on because you're a student athlete, not an athlete student, right? You're a student before you're an athlete. So that was my those are my priorities. Yes, you could say I was kind of lazy, quote unquote, whatever fake news, whatever. I don't know. But anyways, you, I personally testified to that because a coach did that to me. They got in my face and they kind of told me, you know, it was during tryouts and the way tryouts worked for our school, I don't know if it worked for any of y'all schools, but for our school, if you're a player, you know, if you're a, what, an upperclassman and there's a, an underclassman, whether it be a freshman or a sophomore, who's better than you, better than you, or even at your skill level, they're going to go to that guy because he has more potential and he might be more coachable. That's subjective. But they'll go to that player. And for me, my coach, he told me straight up during practice, you're, you're on the bubble. You know, 
you might get cut. Who knows? Even though I've been there for multiple years, I played. I was one of the, I believe I was one of the better players, you know, not to toot my horn or anything, but I believe I was one of the better players during, you know, during my younger years for my different, you know, teams, you know. So I felt, you know, I was taken aback. I was like, what the heck? And I even, you know, I'm going to be full, full on transparent. I cried. I cried on the way back home because I was like, dude, I literally, this is my, this is my, one of my favorite sports to play because I, I legit found a sport that was, you know, I had passion for. I was really good at in high school because in basketball, obviously you can't compete because for coaches, there's favoritism. There's, you know, I'm physically, you know, I'm 5'8". I am probably at the time I was around like 170, 180, around there. I don't know, give or take. So, but I also wasn't the, I also wasn't the fastest guy I was on the slower side. So I was on the slower side. I was on the shorter side and I didn't jump the highest. So put that into basketball. You, you can't do that. You can't compete with those players. So volleyball was it for me because for me, I thought volleyball is more of like a, an intellectual sport. I can, you know, set the ball. I was a setter. So it relied more on your, your intellect. You're more on your court awareness. And I felt like I, I had that as an advantage. But anyways, aside from that, I could personally testify to this. This is what coaches are like, you know. I'm pretty sure you guys can, um, can personally, you know, back me up on this. That's how coaches are, whether at high school or college, any sport. So, like I said, these players, they they get tested, right? They get tested by they get tested mentally, emotionally, of course, physically, by their coaches. And those players who become great, those players who become great, they learn, right? Those players learn, <clears throat> they learn how to be tough. They learn how to be tough enough to take criticism or hate. You know, if you got, obviously you got your critics, but you also got your haters. You learn to take that from anyone and not get flustered by it, you know? You get, you know, you get heckled at a game. You get, you know, hate in the comments. You get hate, whatever it may be. And it doesn't have to be sports. It can be anything in life. You're going to have haters. And those type of coaches, those type of people in your life, they, they'll put you through it. They'll test you. And it doesn't just have to be coaches. It can be teammates, fans, like I mentioned, trolls. Those type of people, they'll go after your – they'll go after you. They'll test you. And now that'll show you – they'll test how tough you are, you know. But not only that, you'll learn how to be humble and realize that you aren't as good – as you are and there are so many other players that are just as good or even better than you like think of this when kids go into college they get so much praise so much praise right kids who you know student athletes who go into college they get so much praise so much praise they were the think about it they were the best player on their team right so that's one that's only one reason to get praised they were the pop. They're most likely since they were the best friend on their team. They're most likely the popular kid on, in school. That's an that's another level, and not only that, since they're going to college because of their sport, they get tons and tons of offers and scholarships from dozens of schools. So that's another, that's another layer to why they're getting praised, right? 
So that's why coaches like Tom Izzo and many other coaches in college, that's why they do that. They humble you. They make you realize that you are not, you know, you're, yes, you're one of the best in high school, but it's not high school anymore. It's college. And college is a whole different animal. But not only that, you know, say if you're a player, like a player that just goes one and done, someone like, you know, that's the thing now. Players going one and done, they stay in college for a year to play basketball and they dip. They're basically, they're basically in, in high school for six months, five months. The other half of their semester, other school year is dedicated to training for basketball because they know they're going to get drafted in the NBA the upcoming year. So when they go to the NBA, they get praised. Just like high, just like when high school kids go to college, they get so much praise, right? And think about it, right? Like I mentioned earlier, there's a bunch of layers to this. One, for one reason, they got drafted into the NBA. They're playing those players who just basically went from high school. Those Their mindset, they're going from high school to the NBA in a matter of two years. Or whether it be WNBA or the NFL or MLB. I know MLB has their their system where you know you go to the minor leagues, but still you're going to another a higher level of difficulty and yet a higher level of popularity. So that's one reason to get praised. Another reason is because since they got drafted, because they got drafted, they're one of the best college players in the entire nation. Not only that, they're probably one of the best young players, young players, you know, in the entire world, whether it be national or international play. Think of some like imagine the number one pick. You are so highly heralded. You're so you're worldly renowned by so many people that you were the consensus choice to be the best player out of everyone. I guess it could be situational, but you're pretty much the best player. Like Zion. I'm not saying Zion is, is a diva, but he was far and away the best player in college the year he got drafted. But another reason is because you get to play against your idols, your heroes like LeBron, Durant, Curry, Harden, whoever it may be. Whoever you looked up to, you have the chance to not only compete against them, but to learn from them, you know, interact with them, see them in person, actually play the sport you love against the people who inspired you to want to play that sport. Like, like we all saw from the when the Lakers played against the Timberwolves, when Anthony Edwards made that three against LeBron, he smiled. You know why? Because that... I'm pretty sure that was his idol. That's that's who everyone's, you know, goat is nowadays. It's LeBron, as mine is. But another reason, but another thing they learned that players learn from that type of hard coaching, that type of coaching is how to take criticism whenever and wherever, wherever it may be and apply it immediately. So, for example, when for me, for example, for me, when my coach told me, you're on the bubble, you might get cut or not, we don't know. You you might or not. You're not a you're not a for sure. You're not a guarantee. I took that criticism and I applied it immediately. And you know, I ended up making the team. But I feel like I had had I had 
a pretty decent role on the team, you know. Obviously, I think it was during my senior year, so my knee got busted up. So, you know, I didn't have a chance, but who knows how I could have went for the Shane. But anyways, the gist of it, I applied, I took the criticism and I applied it immediately. And I have, I had a saying, I said sometimes, you know, I wouldn't say it's a saying that I made, but I said sometimes, you know, it's not how you react, but it's how you respond. You know, and when someone talks mad crap about you, are you going to react to them like, like, like a little sissy? Are you going to react to them like a little, you know, like a wussy? You know, are you going to be a little baby about it? No. Or how are you going to respond to it? Are you going to just let the, let the words of that person, of that hater, sink into you and just take it like, you know, and just dwell upon it and just feel down? No. If you respond to it positively, whether it be, you know, impacting yourself, you know, bettering yourself, or it be, you know, realizing why that person has so much hate in them to be, you know, hating on other people, then that's another thing, you know? So it's how you how they take criticism and they apply it whenever and wherever. And that's why Tom Izzo is justified. His methods seem archaic. You know, they seem bonkers. They 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 seem like they shouldn't like now, you know, nowadays they seem like he would immediately be canceled if if it's just a casual fan who doesn't know anything about it. But his methods work. He's coached players like Draymond, Draymond Green, you know, who's a two-time, two or three-time NBA champ. He's a former defensive player of the year and still one of the best defenders in shoot, an NBA, not just not in just the NBA today, but NBA history. He's also known as the glue of that Golden State Warriors dynasty. You know, if they didn't have him, I'm pretty sure that, yes, each of the players are important. Clay, Curry, even Durant when he was there for a, a short stint. But Draymond, in my opinion, he held the team together. And he's essentially a triple-double win happen. So he's coached him. He's also coached Zach Randolph. We all know Zebo, you know, Lil Zebo who also played for Portland, but also played for the Grizzlies. He's a multiple-time All-Star, and he was one of the best power forwards during his era. And not just one of the best power forwards, he was one of the best offensive players in his era, you know? And he's also one of the best players in Grizzlies history, even though he played for, you know, he played for the the Trailblazers. He got drafted to the Trailblazers. He was one of the best players, and he was... One of the big reasons why the Grizzlies were known as grit and grind. You know, that was their whole thing. Grit and grind Grizzlies. Not only that, but he's also coached Jason Richardson. And we all know Jay Rich, you know, slam dunk champ, who had the the between the legs windmill, little hazy. So Jay Rich, he averaged 23, 6, and 3 one year. Crazy, right? All-star type of numbers. But his career average is pretty good too, seventeen five and three. That's that's hella good, you know. And he was one of the best shooters and dunkers of his time. He's basically a just 
he's basically a highlight waiting to happen. And he's coached so many more players who have, you know, who are young stars, you know, like Jaron Jackson Jr., Gary Harris. Uh, the list goes on. He's also coached players who have won championships. He's also coached players who have had long NBA careers because we all know NBA careers, they average to about, you know, if you really take into account every single NBA player, not just like the stars or the role players or whoever. But an average NBA career is probably like three to five years, give or take. So he's coached players that have, you know, careers that go on into the double digits, you know. He's coached those type of players. So he's coached so many players that had so much success. And so you don't think that these players who have, you know, been in the league for a long time, and not just for a long time, but for a good time, you don't think these players underwent the same kind of coaching? You don't think they've been, you know, shouted out in the face, you know, not just in front of, you know, just personally, like, but in front of teammates, in front of national TV, in front of big crowds. You don't think they've been, you know, underwent that. There's And there's multiple coaches in the NBA and college and also in the WNBA who have the same type of coaching who ended up in the Basketball Hall of Fame. And just so you know, Izzo is currently in the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, even though he's still coaching. So, it's, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinion, people who know sports and know basketball, Tommy Izzo is justified. This is not. This is, shouldn't be a big deal because it's just that's just how it is. You know, it's regular coaching. If your coach doesn't do that, I wouldn't say he's a bad coach, but. He just has a different type of coaching. But either way works. But this way for Izzo, it works. And, you know, there's receipts for it. Receipts that, you know, have won championships, that have been all-stars, that have made highlight reels constantly and constantly and have had multiple long NBA careers. And just like how the saying goes, pressure bus pipes, right? Pressure busts pipes or makes diamonds. So you either become a household name or a no-name. You either become a legend or a loser. It's it's really depends on how you respond to that type of coaching. So in my opinion, Tom Izzo is justified. So let me know what you guys think. If you guys do you guys think that Tom Izzo is right for what he did? For his coaching, do you think it it works or, you know, it shouldn't be criticized? Or do you think otherwise? Do you think that, you know, dude, you you shouldn't be coaching like this, especially nowadays, you shouldn't be coaching like this. So let me ask you guys think, is he right or is he wrong? Thank you all for listening. I deeply appreciate you guys giving my podcast a listen. You can find this episode and many more wherever you find podcasts, whether it be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or even here on Anchor FM. But hey, don't leave right now. Don't don't you press that button. Don't don't go. Cause your job isn't over yet. Make sure you go follow me on Instagram at discussion to get more content. And don't forget to share this episode to a friend or family. And remember, 
times it's 20 even though it's 2021 it's a new year things have not changed even new year same year basically remember to wear a mask take a shower because you stink brush your teeth because you stink wash your hands because you're nasty put on deodorant because you stink use hand sanitizer because you're nasty and watch sports all right that's it for me take it easy y'all later